Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Dallas, Texas, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. All right, we are back for another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. Lee Cantor, Stone Payton here with you. And in this segment, we're going to get a chance to visit with the author of a book called Combining... Uh, connecting. connecting. See there, See that's that? my handwriting. Connecting happiness and success. Uh, he's also chief performance officer for ICUC, which is a Dentsu agency. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Mr. Ray White. How you doing, man? Good. Glad to be here. So this book, uh, Connecting Happiness and Success, what compelled you? Uh, what were you thinking, man? Why, why did you invest the time to write a book on this topic? Why do that? Yeah, actually, it came out of a, a training class I was doing, a leadership seminar. And basically, in the agency business, we hire a lot of millennials and young people. And so 84% of our team is uh, under 32 years old. And what we had to do was teach them how to be leaders and how to manage millions and millions of dollars in revenue for large Fortune uh, 1000 clients. And so in teaching them about leadership, I had to teach them how to be successful because people want to follow leaders who are successful. And as I started working with them on success, I found they were all very happy or, or very interested in being happy. So they didn't just want to be successful. They wanted to be successful and happy. And so this is something about this new millennial generation is, uh, you know, they're reaching for that sooner. Uh, people my age, we started reaching for that in our 40s and 50s, <laughs> right? right? But uh, the young guys at 20-something, they're already thinking about that. How do I be successful and how do I be happy? And so when I started teaching it in the class, uh, I would tease the class. I'm giving them the secrets to happiness and success. And one day it would be a book. And so they, uh, they eventually uh, – pushed me and said, look, you promised you were going to write a book. <laughs> no. I got to go write the book. So I wrote the book and put it out and uh, got a lot of uh, uh, nice awards and recognition and things like that for it. And uh, it's been doing really well. So. Now, um, I would guess the millennials, they jump right on the happiness part of this equation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's priority. Yes, absolutely. Is, it is, it, it is, is there a, an ROI on happiness <laughs> in a company? Yes, there absolutely <laughs> is an ROI on happiness. And, and the truth is, to be fair to them, they are uh, eager to be happy, but they also want to want to work hard and they want to accomplish something. And, and one of the things I show in the book is happiness is not about just pleasure. It's not a, just about smiling and skipping through the uh, through the office hallways and things like that. It's, it's not a, playing uh, Worlds of Warcraft. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's really <laughs> that's really pleasure instead of happiness. Happiness is really accomplishing something and doing something with your life and doing something that matters and makes a difference. And so helping them understand the difference between playing World of Warcraft for three hours or actually doing some work and playing World of Warcraft for 30 minutes because you did a lot of great mm-hmm. work, uh, there is a difference in that. There's a difference in being happy or just chasing pleasure all the time. Now, is... Um, when you're working with millennials or training millennials, is do you have to get to the meaning part of life and and the the bigger the greater good? I, you know, I believe so. I believe they have more questions and more interest in that, um, and they want to connect. They're very interested in connecting both to their fellow millennials and to the people who are teaching them. And being authentic, right? Isn't that an important driver for them? Very important. So being authentic in who they are and how they express their emotions, and also the the trainers, the leaders, mm-hmm. uh, they're looking for them to be authentic as well. Uh, they don't respect you just because you're the trainer that walks in the room, and they don't respect you just because you're this chief performance officer of the company. Right. They respect you because you walk in and you show them that you can connect to them and you can share with them and they can learn from you. So was there a chapter or two of the book that, that came together not so easy? <laughs> you know, like, I just can't get this one put together. Yeah, sure. The, the um, 
hardest part of the chat uh, of the book was writing the last chapter about the discipline part of it and creating these habits of success. So you want to create habits of happiness, but you also have to create habits of success that go with that. Again, you can't just skip down the road and have cotton candy and rainbows all the time. You have to do something about it. And so how do you explain that to somebody and show them how to work hard without overworking? Mm -hmm. I work with uh, a lot of students at the University of North Texas, and one of the challenges we're having with college students in, in multiple schools is that they're so focused on the hard work. They're so focused on getting their grades so that they can uh, graduate well and get great jobs and do well in their careers that they're stressing out and they're doing too much work. And so we want them to be disciplined and we want them to have these daily habits of, of hard work, but we also want them to have daily habits of happiness and meeting with people and talking to people and learning from other people and, and doing other things that are going to make them happy and not just focusing on if I get good grades, then I'll be successful because it, it really doesn't work that way. So now is that a challenge to get them to broaden their thinking of what these terms mean? Like happiness, like you said, isn't pleasure. Yes. And that um, meaning isn't success or, you know, vice versa. Sure. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's helping them define that. And one of the processes I have them go through in the training classes is I have them define what happiness is for them. So you have them like go to a whiteboard and list what makes you happy? Yeah, I actually have them uh, not on a whiteboard, but have them write it down individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Because then, it's uh, different for everybody. Exactly right. What and, an interesting no exercise. I mean, that would be interesting for What are some about of the things that do? people would write? Wow. Well, you know, one of the things I expected was people would write about their big houses and nice cars and things right. like that. And people really don't. The, the number one thing people write about um, is, is connection. It's fulfillment, satisfaction. Um, it's uh, contentment. So that's kind of the number one thing. They want to be satisfied with their lives. They want to be content with their lives. The second biggest thing is others. I want to help others. I want to help my family. I want to help the world. I want to help my peers, mm-hmm. things like that. And wealth and financial and that really comes down number eight on the list of things they talk about. In Did that surprise you? Business. I was very surprised by that. I really thought when I first started doing the, um, uh, the seminars and doing this particular exercise, I really expected to get a lot of, I'd love to have a fancy Rolex. car. Yeah, I'd you love know. to have a, I want to drive a Lexus. I want right. to, I want to have a big, you know, 4,000 square foot mm-hmm. house, right? That's what I really expected. And I got very little of that, very little of that. And so I was very surprised by it. And what I found was, uh, people, think they're chasing success when they're going after this stuff. But when they really stop and define success, they realize that there's a lot more to it than the cars and the houses. You know, they, they think they want promotions and raises, but when they define success, they find out they really want to connect with people and they really want to make a difference in the world and they really want to change things. And so once you can show them that difference, then they can kind of point their efforts in a, in a direction that's more helpful to them. Now, as an organization, is it a challenge to marry their, um, kind of objectives in terms of happiness with the objectives of the company, where if a person says, I want to have a balanced life and I want to be able to go hiking and rock climbing, you know, when I feel like it, and you're like, look, we got a a job to do and there's, you know. Sure. This ad's got to get out. Yeah, and and that's one of the myths of kind of the old forms of management. If you look at where management came, it came from, you know, the 1930s and 40s where people were in manufacturing and they used their hands a lot. And basically what we manage is we manage butts and seats. We want people to sit down. Look turn at the, the bolt yeah, 14 yeah, times. Exactly. Right? And the truth is that's not what today is. Today is really about the knowledge worker. And what we're really managing is their brain. Mm-hmm. We're no longer managing their butt. We're managing their brain. Right. And so their brain is all about them being happy. And it is all about them being excited and being creative. And what we've seen is happier people are more productive. Happier people 
uh, are more creative. Happier people make better managers. I mean, who do you want to work for? A grumpy guy or a happy right. guy, right? Happier people inspire people more. They work better on teams. They get along better uh, on, on um, you know, across the aisle with different people they have to work with. And so happiness really helps people be more productive rather than being less productive. The other thing that's really important is people are happier if they accomplish something. And so it's this whole concept of, oh, well, I'm going to mess around and not do anything today and I'll be happy. But they really aren't. They go home depressed because they, they don't feel good about right. themselves. Right. There's shame and there's embarrassment it's, and they let the team down. There's a lot of negatives. Exactly right. And so the people who really work hard and know they're supporting the team and know they're part of a good cause, those guys, they work really hard. They do a really good job and they're willing to work whatever hours you need them to work. Now, from an organization's standpoint, again, it sounds like it's important to um, communicate to the worker of the kind of the meeting, the, not just the um, standard mission statement of what we're about. You really have to have an authentic uh, meaning that the people can really get by, almost like a cause or a mission rather than sure. to get behind in order to really get the most out of them. Yes. And we call it a higher purpose. Mm-hmm. And so the higher purpose for my company is making lives better. Mm-hmm. So we want everybody to help make lives better. And that may be the lives mm-hmm. of our clients, the lives of our employees, the lives of their family. And as long as everybody's focused on that, and as long as everybody thinks, okay, the decision I'm making today, is that going to make the life of somebody better? Then they're on the right track. Right. So it's a good guiding uh, principle for them and something they can get behind. Now, um, I saw in the, in the notes that you've been part of a lot of companies that have, have won Best Company to Work For. Yeah, Great Places to Work Awards. We've won uh, in different companies. have won over 15 awards. They call them the Ray Awards now. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, Ray I mean, White Awards. Yeah, that's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not true. Yeah, It was a rumor yeah. Yeah. that we're spreading. Yeah. No, no. It's, uh, the Great Places to Work Awards really are based on the employees, and they're based on what the employees do mm-hmm. and how the employees build the organization and how the employees vote. I mean, because those awards are based on the votes of the employees mm-hmm. deciding that. So I have very little to do with it except to be associated with it and hopefully help train and teach people how to do it. So, so. what are some tips for organizations that want to make that list? Well, so, so the most important thing is what I call PAMC. Uh, when I was working with one company, I had uh, a PAMB who was kind of the leader of our culture. So we called this this next system PAMC. Since, uh, since PAM so left PAM, us. an actual person. PAM was, was an actual person. <laughs> yes, actually. person. Yeah, and so the PAM C stands for purpose. So we want them to have a purpose, like making lives better. Mm-hmm. Uh, autonomy. We want to f- them to feel like they have control and they're making their own decisions and things like that. Mastery. So they have a career path and they're being trained and have opportunities for training. And that's where kind of the training really p- comes into it. And connection. They feel connected to the people. They feel connected to the company. They feel connected to their supervisor. And so if you can build a company that has PAMC, then it's going to be a great place to work. Because, again, people are going to have a higher purpose, something they're charging forward with. They're going to make decisions about the company. And they're going to shape the culture of the company if they have the autonomy to do it. And then the mastery, if they always feel like they're learning and growing and, and doing different things. Uh, then they're going to always want to work there. They're going to be loyal no matter what you're paying them, right? As long as you pay them fairly, you have to pay them fairly. But, you know, it's not about the money. It's about am I growing, am I learning, am I, am I becoming a better person? And then the connection is really important. Are they connected to other team members that they can support and, and that they want to be on the same team with? Do they like their supervisors? And, and that brings loyalty to the company, and that brings productivity to the company and, and success to the company. And the companies that win Great Places to Work awards outperform um, – 
the standard, you know, S&P 500 by like three percentage points. It's a significant difference. Uh, that's an important stat. So I'm trying to envision everything looks like it's really rocking and rolling pretty well now. And, and, and you had me in the first 30 seconds of the conversation. But I'm trying to go back in my mind maybe a few years. The first few conversations you had with the executives that uh, could allocate the resources I suspect maybe they didn't initially embrace this. Was that a tough conversation to have? What was that like? So, so yeah, exactly right. And I really started from the bottom up instead of from the top. Uh-huh. So all I had to do to convince the executives, and, and by the way, I was a C-level executive at the time. So I just had to convince the CEO that, hey, look, our people need <clears throat> to be a little smarter. We need to invest in their soft skills. You know, we always train them how to do Excel. We train them how to do Google, we train right. them all that technical stuff. We need to train them some soft skills. And, and so let's, let's do that. And I won't spend much money. I'll spend my time. I'll put it together. And so there was not much investment from the CEO standpoint. And then I went to the bottom level and I invited certain people to be part of the first training program. So instead of saying everybody can do it, I said, uh-huh. okay, we're going to have invitation only. And so we took those guys, we put them in a seminar and it was an 11 week seminar. Uh, one and a half hours each week, and we let them talk to each other about it. And we brought in all these concepts about happiness and about success and about defining success for themselves and defining happiness and, and what makes a good worker and what makes a good employee and, and what do they want? What do they want out of life and what do they want out of the company? And by letting them talk about that and create that, we created several leaders. And those leaders then were allowed to invite new people. And so we took those second round and did the same thing again. And we did that over and over and over again. And, and, and as we built on it, uh, the CEO agreed to spend more and more money on it. We started doing it in different cities and started spreading it throughout the, uh, throughout the country and throughout the organization. And each team we trained became leaders that went out and trained other people and taught other people and showed other people by their example. And so from there, it just really grew and and worked really well. Now, how important is it in this process um, of choosing the right employee? Um, Or is this something that you can take anybody and then you can get them to buy in on this or you got to choose wisely at the beginning? Hiring is really, really important. You want to hire people that have your same values and that fit in with your culture. And one of the ways we do that is... Uh, besides executives interviewing them, as, as a matter of fact, the executives are the last to interview. The first people to interview are actually the employees. So the first thing we do is we ask the employees to bring in people they recommend. And so we promise. We so will, you say, I'm looking for somebody that's good at social media. So yeah. ask your friends and family. Yeah. And, and actually we say, hey, we're looking for good people. Mm-hmm. You just bring us good people. Oh, so and you we, care less about the skills. Because you hang yeah. out with people that have similar value system, right? right? Exactly right. I yeah, can teach them sense. skills. So that's less important right. than their uh, attitude. Yeah, the people they really like to hang out with. people, And, and again, family members. We're okay hiring family members. Mm-hmm. We're okay hiring spouses, spouses people in bands. You know, <laughs> that, that was a big I win thought for about us. That big win for us. People in their <laughs> bands. Bring the whole that's band good. in. That's right. That's exactly that's right. You have whole bands working that with us? That is absolutely. <laughs> the Entire band. Oh, yeah. At one point, uh, we were a little smaller, had around 100 people, and 50 of them were in bands. I mean, <laughs> different that, bands. Oh, that yeah, is different a bands. lesson worth learning. That's <laughs> yeah. worth the price of admission what, for this yeah. whole conversation. What genre That's of perfect. music? Uh, all it, different kinds? All different kinds. So Absolutely. you don't find like country music works better than. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I try not to pass judgment on that. Uh, no, no. It, it was, it was all, it was, it's these, these guys who are musicians have, and, and our business is a little more mathematical. Mm-hmm. It's a little more quantitative. And people who are good at music tend to be quantitative. So mm-hmm. they fit well with what we were trying to do. They also fit well with our, our culture because we believed in not only working hard, but, you know, if they've got some other passion, we want to support that passion. Mm-hmm. So we want to go to their, uh, you know, gigs or concerts or whatever. So you support them in their activities right. as well because you're all in this together. Exactly. And it works both ways. It's not just them helping your company grow. It's right. you're trying to help them grow as individuals and their activities and hobbies. And stuff. Exactly right. And so the, the whole hiring process starts with them inviting people they like. Mm-hmm. And then we promise to interview those people. And then we also allow up to 10 other people to interview them. So our interview process is a long interview process. And the employees do the interviewing. They do the rating. We take quantitative ratings and look at that and then move people up to the next level based on how those ratings average out from all the employees. That way they get to know them. They get to talk about it. And they have some say in it. And eventually what they do is they start bidding for those people. They say, I want that guy on my team. I really like that guy. I want him on my team. And if you've got a, a person pushing to get – you know, a new employee in, we've got a place to put him. We've got somebody who's willing to take him under their wing and take care of him. And, and you build a great culture that way. So now that uh, you've done all this stuff for ICUC, are you, and now that you have the book, are you you sharing this with other people, other companies? Other, tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and ICUC is my most recent company, and I've done this with several companies. So okay. we're, we're sharing it around. I'm so sharing you can't it keep a job? That's what I'm <laughs> uh, I haven't ever been fired from anything. And since I started this, I haven't. A long time ago I was. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, it, it's actually companies within the same agency network. Mm-hmm. So I move throughout the network and try to help do this at different agencies in the network. Um, and, uh, yeah, we try to share it with other companies outside. Any company that asks me to come in and speak, I go Even outside speak. of the – like agencies are creative. Like would this work in accounting firms Absolutely. or law firms? Absolutely. Works in, in any business because, again – what most people, you want them to use their brains. You want them to be creative. You mm-hmm. want them to be excited about working mm-hmm. there. So these concepts all help them. It helps. If you can help employees be successful, they're going to help, help you be successful. So. And you believe that you can retrain your brain uh, to lean more towards happiness rather than pleasure? Yeah, absolutely. It is, it's really about habits. Right? Is this neuroscience behind this? You got yeah, any, absolutely. You got is. some uh, yes, there's, uh, uh, researchers. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you're just making this up. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, if you look at my book, there's 25 pages of, uh, of uh, uh, references. So you can go back and look at all those. And there's lots of neuroscience that talks about, for instance, habits and the mm-hmm. fact that if you do something uh, over and over again for 30 days, then it's going to get. Uh, uh, put in your unconscious brain rather than your conscious brain. And, you know, a good example is brushing your teeth. You get up and brush your teeth every day for 30 days. Then you don't think about it on the right. 31st day. It happens automatically. Sure. Well, the same thing is if you get up every day and think about three good things that are going to happen today then or three good things you're grateful for today, you do that every day for 30 days, then you start your day out thinking about what you're grateful for or what's gonna, good is going to happen rather than what's bad is going to happen. Because a lot of people, their habit is they get up and they think about, oh, my gosh, what am I going to face today? But if you get up and you say, hey, this is a beautiful day. i got lots of cool things going on, lots of interesting people I'm going to meet. You're just happier walking into the office automatically. Right. And so you build one habit, and then 30 days later you build another habit. And over a year you build 12 habits, and you're a much happier person. So now – so – I find that like you have a day. The day is the day, right? Yep. Your attitude is how you approach the exactly day. Exactly right. Every, uh-huh. You can wake up in the morning and think today's going to be a great day. 
the same day that your next door neighbor can think, oh, another day, you know, life's terrible. Look, every and they're like magnifying every negative aspect of that just happens in a normal day. Right. While you're mm. looking at the bright side of everything that's happening the same day. Exactly right. And you're so you find that those people are happier. Yes. Just and, with and, that attitude change. Yes. And, and the science proves that they are. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you've always heard this. It's been a kind of a common wisdom for a long time. But now the science, they've actually proven that 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 works for people. And um, there's lots of books that talk about it. They call it different things, positive thinking, positive genius. Um, but, but just having a good attitude when you go into the day is going to help you be happier. And then from an organization standpoint, that attitude translates to better performing employees yes. and a better performing company. Yeah, because if, a, if the boss walks in and he's happy, then the people underneath him are going to be happier. And if they're happier, they're going to have the people under them be happier. And the people they're going to work with and those interactions are going to be happier. And, and again, it's not, you know, authentic emotions. It, it doesn't have to be always smiling and skipping. And right, and it's not this Pollyanna, I'm right. just like pretending everything's yeah. great as the building's burning behind me, right? Yeah, exactly, you know? right. <laughs> exactly. There's tough days, there's stress days, there's anger, there's frustration. And, and you you live with those. You, you have those. And it's good to have those emotions. Right. And when, the thing is, you just don't have to keep those emotions for Right, or day. magnify that as this is the only thing that's happening today. Right. Just like the building's burning, but it's a beautiful sunrise, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Thanks for everything nice and right. red. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's the next evolution for this body of work? Are, are there going to be more books? Is there going to be more in-depth training or maybe working with more people to deliver the work like you're doing? Yeah, what's the next yeah. thing? Yeah, so there's several different things. The first thing is we've created an app. It's called the My Happiness app. And you can download an iPhone or Android. So anybody can practice habits of happiness by using that app. It reminds them every day to be happier. The second thing is exactly that. We need more people to train this and teach this. So uh, we're starting to try to find people who can help teach us. I can't get to everybody. I can't do all the things that need to be done to share this with everybody. Mm-hmm. So if we get trainers and people to help do that. So you're building like kind of a certification around this? Yeah, we're, we're just in the beginning stages of that and trying to figure out how the best way to do that is. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and continue to share uh, with whoever's interested. You know, whoever is interested in making their culture better and making their employees happier, we want to help them do that. Well, it's great that you work for an organization that appreciates you and what you're doing yeah, in order to fun. share the culture because, at yeah. this outfit. Right? Must because be that phenomenal. speaks a lot for the organization. Makes all the difference in the world. Makes all the difference. And when I was writing the book and, and talking to them about the book, they were 100% supportive and, and even said, hey, you don't even have to do these duties. You can go just, just focus, focus on, on your on book that. and that. Uh, I didn't do that. Wow. I chose to continue to add value to that company because you know, that's what I want to do. Right. I believe in them. I'm loyal to them. I want to help them be happy and successful as well. And so, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to do all that. What a great outfit to work for. They are. It's, it's <laughs> great, great company, great organization. All right. Where can our listeners get their hands on this book and where can they learn more about this in, in, entire topic? Sure. So, um, the books are on Amazon. And so Connecting Happiness and Success, you can look that up on Amazon. Or you can look Ray White up on Amazon and get my other books as well. Uh, also, I have a website, ConnectingHappinessAndSuccess.com, so they can go there and find that information and get in touch with me or ask me questions or see if I can help them. All right. Well, Ray White, this has been an absolute delight having this conversation. we got to do it again. I want to catch back up when you, you know, maybe when you're a little further down the, the road with your certification. Great. Stuff. Look forward to talking to you guys. Love it. All right, Stone Payton, Lee Cantor with Training Pros Dallas Office. We will be back in a few. This has been a special Business Radio X production brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.